Welcome everybody. Glad to have you guys here with us. Hey, I'll start over again. Welcome everybody. <laughs> Glad to have you guys here with us. Yeah. Hey, I know you guys are greeting one another. If you guys would, just go ahead and find a seat. That would be great. My name is Jeff Baker. I am one of the pastors on staff here at New Life. I love this church. I love this, these people. And uh, I'm glad that you're here today. If you're a guest with us, man, just please kick back, relax, and enjoy this service. Um, we, are, we are a bunch of imperfect people that are on a journey to become more like Jesus every single day. And so as long as, if you're a guest, as long as you're willing to say, I'm an imperfect person and I'm on a journey, then uh, you're probably going to fit in here really well. Now, if you've already got it all figured out and you're perfect, you're probably not going to fit in very well. So, um, but that's just a little facetious, just joking, all right? So uh, none of us are perfect. We're all on a journey. Hey, listen, you guys heard some, uh, some, you heard some statistics about... Our, uh, our compassion experience that happened last weekend, but you only heard about the numbers that happened here at the Kearney campus. Uh, we had an incredible weekend uh, last weekend with this whole compassion experience in North Platte as well as in Kearney. I would just venture to say this to you, that we as a church, we impacted our region in a way that increased a heart of missions for God. We impacted our regions of North Platte and of Kearney, and we impacted them with a generosity to give what God has blessed us with to help those in some very extreme need. We're not talking about the poverty level of America. We're talking about the poverty level of the world where you make a couple of dollars maybe a day. Um, That's a whole different poverty level than what we're accustomed to. And God really allowed our church to help to groom that and disciple that in the hearts of our region. Um, and here's, here's why I say that, because the numbers blow my mind away. The numbers are, are this, that we had 4,251 people actually go through. That's in Kearney and in North Platte. I think that's incredible. But on top of that, we had 264 children that were sponsored. That means they're being freed from poverty in Jesus' name right? Um, And in that, being freed from poverty, they're being discipled first and foremost to know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. And then they're growing in their education. They're they're provided with a new level of health care. Their future has just become brighter because of your generosity and your compassion to share what God's done in your life with others. And then we had 120 volunteers, and that's combined between both locations. So, you know, those of you that are watching online today, from North Platte or whether you're in Kearney, I just want you to know you should be proud of your church, New Life, um, because I'm proud of you guys. I believe God used us this past weekend to make a big impact in the hearts of many people in our region. So thank you so much for being such an incredible, loving, life-giving church. Just turn to the person next to you and high-five them, all right? Just tell them, you're amazing. You are amazing, all right? You are amazing. Yeah, anybody that's sitting by themselves, put your hand up. All right. All right. There you go. There you go. You high-fived with me. All right. There you go. You guys really are amazing. Another group of amazing people that are here today are our moms. Yes. That's right. That's right. I think that video was fitting for a new life mom. Moms, if you are here today, seriously, moms, every mom that's here today, would you just stand for a moment? Because we just want to thank you and cheer for you just for a second. Can we do that? Just stand up, moms, all over the place, wherever you're at. There you go. 
You're amazing, moms. You are amazing. Good job, moms. Awesome. Awesome. I love you. And I know you got children that love you. You got other people that love you. I have a mom. I want to say happy mom, happy Mother's Day to her. She watches the sermon every single Sunday from her living room um, in St. Louis, Missouri. And so uh, I, I had the privilege of growing up with an amazing mom. And so husbands and children, maybe you feel a little bit like I do towards, towards my mom. My, my mom was just amazing. Off the charts, I didn't realize how amazing that she was until I got older. Is anybody else with me like that? You don't, um, moms, I apologize to you while we were children, right? Because we didn't know how amazing you were until we got older. Uh, simple things, though. Let me just start with the simple things and then grow to the profound things. All right, my mom. My mom, I don't know how she did it, but our house was immaculate all the time, and I had to live in that house. And so I was fighting against that all the time, right? Leaving toys around. My, I don't know how my room got clean, um, but at the same time, my mom taught me, you know, how to keep a house clean. And so I thank her for that. The food in our house was off the charts good. And I hope that's the way you feel about yours, right? Because you ought to. You should feel like your mom was the best cook to ever live on planet Earth. That's how I feel about my mom. I mean, she made some amazing food. I still, like if I go home to visit, my mom will ask me, what menu do you want, son? Like, remember back to all the things that I made you? What would you love for me to make you? And that's still the way my mom is today. You know, baking things and making things from scratch. Um, she, she was just, she's incredible. But there's a lot of other things. My mom, and I wrote a number of these things down, so excuse me if I read some of them. But my mom, she loved me, right? She encouraged me. She prayed for me. My mom, she disciplined me. yeah. Someone said amen. Good. Thank you. Thank you very much. My mom, my mom, she played with me. She took me to school. She cheered for me. And she even helped me with my homework, right? My mom had an amazing gift of scaring away the monster that lived in my closet, as well as the one who lived under my bed, right? I was taught by my mom to love God, to worship God, to give to God, and to have faith in God. I was shown by my mom how to love others and what real, true hospitality shouldn't just look like, but what it should feel like. I was shown by my mom that there's always more room for one more person at a table, in a car, right? In a, in a life group, in your home. There was always room for one more person. I was shown by my mom how to laugh off the unimportant Right? And then how to tell a good story when you're in the middle of a group. My mom, she taught me that joy isn't, isn't just an emotion, but joy is a choice. My mom, she showed me that pain was something that we would all face, but that I didn't have to allow it to break me. And my mom, she taught me that there's no giant, no giant too big for God to conquer. Now, I pray that your mom, that you would feel a very similar way. I know we didn't all grow up in the same home, and we have all different types of backgrounds with all different types of moms. So I pray that maybe a couple of those words you would say, yeah, that's my mom. But maybe in your heart, there's a whole other set of things that stir, you know, towards your mom. My, my prayer for you today is that 
no matter what home you grew up in, that you would be a, a son or a daughter that would show grace and compassion and you would show love to your mom in one way or another, whether she's still on this earth or she's not, and that you would, you would give God thanks for her life and that you would bless her today in one way or another. You know, if she's still on this earth, it could be a simple phone call or it might be spending time with her today or just giving her a hug. But I'll tell you one thing that moms want to know. Moms want to know, did the lessons I teach you, are they still lingering in your heart? The lessons I, te- I taught you, are they still lingering in your heart? See, like, like you, you know, I would love to go back. I would love to go back, you know, and, uh, and be like a child again and take great advantage of all the things that I know now about the love and the generosity of my mom. Um, you know, I would love to do that, but I can't. It's amazing how it doesn't really matter that how old I get in life or how old you get in life. Our, our moms still consider us to be sons and they still consider us to be daughters, right? My mom, she, she loves me. She loves to re- remember, right? She loves to go back and reflect on when I was a child, especially when I'm around and I'm at the house. She'll go back and reflect on those childlike moments, especially the embarrassing ones. I don't know how moms have a gift to remember those stories. Moms remember those embarrassing stories that happened to you, and she loves to replay those over and over again. Now, one thing I know about my mom is that she doesn't want me to revert back to that childish behavior, right? She loves the man that I have become, but there's something special in her heart. There's something special in her heart that no matter how old I get and no matter how old she gets, I'm forever her son. See, that's the way that God sees you today. Doesn't matter how old you get, doesn't matter what you think you've accomplished or what you've gained, God still sees you as his son or today even as his daughter. But I will say this to you, that although God feels that way towards you, just like my mom feels that way towards me, it's powerless, it's powerless unless you see yourself as God's child. See, what makes my mom so special to me right now today on Mother's Day is the fact that I still see myself as her son. And so today, your relationship with God is so vital that God, he desperately sees you and wants to have you as a son or a daughter, but you have to come to a point where you're willing to say, you are my father. And so today, I wanna talk to you about that. I wanna talk to you about the concept of what it means to have childlike faith. To have a faith that no matter how old you get and no matter how mature you think you are and no matter how many things you think you've accomplished in life, that you are forever a child of God. And that your journey in life is to see how childlike you can become to God. Yeah, it's the reverse of what our earthly culture is like. But your journey today is to figure out how childlike you can be before God versus how childish you can be. There's a big difference between childlike faith and childish faith. Today I want to talk about those differences. So Jesus jumps into the topic and he, he kind of stirs up the issue in Matthew. Take a look at what he has to say. In Matthew 18, verses 2 and 3, Jesus called a little child to him and he put the child among them. That was, he put the child among the disciples that were there with him. Because the disciples had asked Hey, Jesus, who's going to be the greatest among us? So Jesus grabs his child, he puts him among them, and then he said, 
I tell you the truth, disciples, unless, unless you turn from your sins and you become like, a little, like little children, become like little children, you will never enter into the kingdom of heaven. Unless you do that, you're never going to enter the kingdom of heaven. So as we, as we dive in today to talk about what does it take, right? How, how are you going to live with childlike faith as we continue to grow older and older on this earth with more and more responsibility? How do you keep living with a childlike faith? Well, the first one is super simple, and it's laid out right in that scripture. You have to become a child of God. You have to become that. So in verse 3 of that passage... In Matthew 18, verse 3, Jesus was driving home, right, the principle. And he was saying, guys, look, unless, unless you turn from your sins and become like a child, then you're never going to enter the kingdom of heaven. See, it's one thing to do part one, turn from our sins. I think many of us in this room today are, are here today because we recognize that our sins separate us from God. And our sins left un, undone you know, left untouched by God are going to literally cause us to spend eternity separated from God. And in some ways, that's kind of actually somewhat easy to wrap our head around, as profound as it is. It's much easier to wrap your head around the fact that you have to turn from your sin than it is that you have to become like a child. You know, and all too often with the message of salvation, many times pastors and churches will only communicate the turn from your sin, but they rarely communicate the become like a child. How many times have you heard that? Hey, listen, we're giving an altar call today. How many of you guys recognize that your sin has separated you from God and you need to give your life to Jesus? We've heard that often, but how many times have we heard, oh, and by the way, you also have to become like a child. See, that language isn't necessarily part of who we are, right? So how do you become like a child. You got it. You, you, for most of it, you got a grip on turning from sin, but how do you become like a child? Well, Jesus, he gives us some more information about this in Mark. Take a look at what he says about this child concept. He says, I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God. To receive the kingdom of God would be to put your complete Hope and your faith in the message of Jesus without question. To receive it without question. I believe, Jesus, that your message is true and I'm, gonna, I'm going to you know, accept that and I'm going to live by it. But to receive it like a child, like a child is the part that we miss often. Like a child would mean that you have to give up control. Everybody knows that a home where the child is in control is not a peaceful home, right? Everybody that's been a mom that's raised a child that has any, any hint of strong-willedness in them knows that there are moments when the child thinks that they're in charge and there's chaos in the home. Children... Give up control to a parent. Just like in a spiritual sense, we have to give up control. This is a massive truth. If you want to become like a child, you want to have childlike faith versus childish faith, then you've got to come to the point where you're willing to humble yourself and go, I give up control. 
I don't just accept the message of Jesus, but I surrender to the message of Jesus. See, that's why you hear me often say, who wants to surrender to Christ versus who wants to accept Christ? Why is it? Why is it that I harp on who wants to surrender to Christ versus who wants to accept Jesus? I grew up in a church of people accepting Jesus. And they missed out on what it meant to become like a child. The reason why you hear me use verbiage like who wants to surrender to Jesus today is because that's what it means to become like a child. Give up control. Let Jesus be the father. Jesus gives us a very strong warning in Mark. He goes, if you don't become like a child, you never enter the kingdom of heaven. That's deep, but yet so simple. However, it's so hard for us to give up complete control, isn't it? Becoming a child is giving up control and coming to a point where you can say, I have become a child of God. I am a child of God. See, dealing with salvation, God God wants to help you become a child. In fact, God defines becoming a child like this in 2 Corinthians when he says these words, I will be a father to you. This is about salvation. If you you will surrender your life to him, he goes, I will become a father to you, and you will be my sons and my daughters, says the Lord Almighty. How do you become a child? You follow God's own words, right? God wants you to see yourself as a son or a daughter, but God doesn't want you to stop there. God wants you to see him as a father and live that way, not just verbally say it, but in our heart, surrender to it. There is protection, there's provision, and there is promise today when we become like children before God and we're able to say, God, you are my father. Protection, provision, and promise. When I was a kid, if my dad was around, it didn't matter where we were at, what dark alley we were walking down, right? What bad part of town we were driving through, what group we were in, a large group or a small group, if, you know, intimidating people, you know, were there or non-intimidating people. If my dad was with me physically, I can't remember a moment of being afraid. Another thing about my dad was that my dad, he did everything in his power to make sure that You know, our needs were taken care of. Did you know I never worried about a single need? Never worried about a single need. Did I worry about wants? Oh, yeah, I worried about a lot of wants. Like, is this gift under the tree? You know, the Sega Genesis for you old school gamers, right? Is is this under the tree, you know, what I thought it would be? I've worried about a lot of wants, but I never worried about a single need. Another thing about my dad might be different than your dad, but when my dad made a promise, my dad kept every promise that I ever remember him uttering out of his mouth. Every promise. Now that's to be commended on his part, because I know we're human and we often fail, and maybe God has given me eyes of grace to look past the failures, right? But all I remember is that my dad made a promise, he kept it. Both the good promises... And in my interpretation, the bad promises. Like, I promise you, son, you cross that line again, I'm whipping your rear end. And he kept it. 
So you can be assured, right? When you look to God and you say, God, I'm going to become your son or I'm going to become your daughter, that there is protection and there is provision and there is promise. That's, that's what it's like to have a childlike faith versus a childish faith who's out there, you know, thinking to themselves that I'll protect myself and I'll provide for myself and I will make promises to myself because I can't trust anybody else. Big difference between childish faith and childlike faith. So when salvation comes, right, it causes us to become children of God. My question to you today in this whole, this whole talking point is this. Are you living as a child of God or have you been duped by this world that says you got to grow up and you got to become an adult and get your independence from God? Not independence in the sense that you, you reject him. Because see, this world defines adulthood as growing up defines your independence from your parents. That doesn't mean that you're not honoring your mom today, even though you found your independence. But I will say this to you. If you're following that same course of thought with your relationship with God, you're following the wrong path. you got the ladder leaning against the wrong wall. You're climbing for the wrong achievement. We're not trying to achieve adulthood in our spirituality. We're trying to achieve childlike faith. Now, it doesn't mean that you're not supposed to grow and become mature. It's just that adulthood, like I will find my independence one day. I will grow to this point where I'm not as dependent on God as what I, what I once was. God, you will, I will show to you that you can trust me and that God, I can do great things. No, that's not the approach. It sounds amazing. It sounds good. But laying behind it is this rebellious, independent nature that's inside of all of us. What we should be achieving, what we should be striving for is how can I become more like a child and let God become more like a father? C.S. Lewis, he spoke about this issue and this quote that I thought was profound that I want, I want you to hear today. C.S. Lewis said that critics who treat adult as a term of approval instead of merely a descriptive term cannot be adult themselves. When I became a man or adult, I put away childish things, including the fear of childishness. You shouldn't have a fear of becoming like a child when God is the father. That true spiritual maturity is one who doesn't have to try to impress everybody with the knowledge that they've gained. It doesn't have to walk around and proclaim all the accolades that they've accomplished doesn't have to sound like the smartest one in a life group. doesn't have to be the one who prays with the most booming voice and the most incredible religious words. That spiritual maturity is literally becoming more and more childlike, not childish, childlike to a father. Meaning maturity is more dependence on God. Dependence on God, the older that we get, the more mature we get in our spirituality, we should recognize a greater sense of dependency upon God. The true adult status should be one that is secure enough to live as a child of God. Someone that would put their complete trust in God without question. Just like, you know, we put our trust in a parent. Or the proverbial cliff, right? Or the, or the, 
the, the ledge where we stand on the ledge and, you know, we've all said to our children, hey, jump to me. I'll catch you. And to us, it's like, you're going to have so much fun when you're flying through the air because I'm going to catch you. It's going to be amazing. Seriously, do it. And they stand there and they, they you know, wrestle with them. They don't really know if they're going to do it or they're not going to do it. And then all of a sudden they jump that first time and you catch them. What do they want to do? Let's do it again. Let's do it again. I mean, they were at tears before that, didn't want to jump. But when they did it once, they're like, let's do it again. God wants us to come to that point with him. That's what, that's what spiritual maturity looks like. And the ledge gets higher and higher and higher and higher as we stand up on it, putting more and more at risk. We stand and we jump off into the arms of a loving, caring, gracious Father. So which one are you wanting more of today? Earthly adult status or heavenly childish status? Every mom, every mom loves their kid, right? I guarantee you, every mom wants their, wants their son or their daughter to understand childlike faith. Childlike faith. That's why I'm going with this today. One of the things I've noticed in, in pastoring is that there is one issue that te- it seems like it comes up often that really is an issue that divides us. It separates us from God. It, it really exposes childishness versus a childlike faith, and that has everything to do with offenses. So if we're going to have childlike faith, then we have to let go of the offense. We have to let go of the offense. And when we were children, we were offended often, often. Like you'd be out playing and you would get offended because Jimmy took my toy, right? And you'd run into mom, mom, Jimmy took my toy, right? Or you would run into mom and you would be like, mom, Jenny, Jenny just sat on me, right? That's never good when your sister sits on you. Or you would get offended and you would run into mom and you would say, mom, mom, you know, Johnny, Johnny won't let me play. He won't let me play. We get offended. It was very childish. And as we mature, this should be something that we, that we let go of, right? That we, that we let it go because as we mature, if we hang on to offenses, it's very, it's very childish. And Satan loves to punch our buttons and push our buttons with, you know, childish things, childish offenses that happen all around us all the time. And he's trying to activate that childish faith within us when, you know, maybe a leader makes a decision that you don't like and they change something on you. And so you get offended at the leader and you never let it go. You hang on to it for long periods of time. Or you got someone else in the church that, you know, says something about you. And so, man, you just can't believe that they would gossip about you. And so you get, a, you get offended at them and you just can't let it go. He just pushes on those buttons. Or someone in the church or in the community does something to you. And, you know, it's just like, that's not right. I can't believe that. And then it just pushes your buttons and you just can't let it go. You got a bunch of different disagreements, and I got news for you today that disagreements are going to happen, but they don't have to escalate to offenses. You're going to get hurt in this world, but hurt doesn't have to escalate to an offense. I I still remember to this day a very hurtful moment where I could have easily taken on an offense. It was the day I got fired. I got fired from a youth pastor job. Can you believe that? Who would fire me? I got fired from a youth pastor job. I mean, I've told you this before. I'm up in Alaska. I got 350 kids coming to my youth group. Who, which pastor doesn't want a youth pastor who's got 350 kids coming to the youth group? 
And then two weeks after he fires me, he resigns. It was crazy stuff. I could have easily got offended by that. I could have easily said, that's it. Forget this whole thing. And I wouldn't even be standing here today. I would be doing something else. See, we all have the opportunity to hang on to an offense. But I'm telling you today, you hang on to offenses. It's very childish. It's childish faith. It's not childlike faith. Jesus said this about our humbleness when it comes to offenses. He said Matthew 18, going on to the next verse. So anyone who becomes as humbled as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. You want to become great in the kingdom of heaven? Learn how to let go of offenses. I I pray that you were taught as a child by your mom, right, that you got to share things. I I pray that you were taught, you know, by your mom that you have to forgive, give others, you know, when they offend you. So share, share with others and forgive others. But many times our offenses, they would come in the day, like when we were a child and we'd get upset at another kid and the fence would come and, you know, our moms would give us instructions and then... That offense would go away by the end of the day, many times even before the sun went down. And that's the same thing that Jesus is wanting from you and me today. Jesus says, if you want to become great, you have to humble yourself, as a child does. Right? you got to humble yourself. you got to let go of those offenses. you you can't let those things soak into your heart and manipulate you and control you. Let me give, give you some advice today. If you're you're dealing with offense, because offense is one of those clear black and white things that divides childlike faith from childish faith. If you're dealing with that today, let me just give you some advice. Let go of the offense, right? Let go of the offense, even if you are perfectly in the right. Don't hang on to it. Even if you're perfectly in the right and you've done nothing wrong, let go of the offense. It's eating you from the inside out like a cancer. Choose to forgive and move on. Don't wait for the other person to apologize first. Let go of those things. That's the difference between childlike faith and childish faith. Don't gossip about your offense and attempt to try to win others to your side, whether it's on Facebook or some other social media or over the phone or in person standing in a lobby or out in a workplace or shopping in a grocery store. Don't keep, don't keep the cancerous offense going on and on and on, trying to make yourself be justified for your own childish actions. Don't, don't hang on to your offense with the excuse that, well, man, if I just remember this, then it will never happen to me again. Well, that's true. Maybe that will never happen to you again, but a thousand other things are going to happen to you. Right? And then here's the bad news. You get to live with the cancer of you know, that offense inside of you that you never let go of. That's not, that's not childlike faith. That's childish faith. What God's challenging us to do is become humble as a little child. When you become humble as a little child, you become the least of these. You let go of the offenses. Now you can become like a child. So childishness says this about offense. I'm going to win every battle. Childlike faith says, God, you're my provider. And God, you're my defender. Humble yourself like a child and in the midst of an offense, you'll actually become better. Because if you don't, then you're going to become bitter. Now there's a lot of other topics that I could have talked about today. 
right? I mean, there's a lot of things. I could have talked about giving and how childishness is, you know, I'm going to spend all my money on myself where childlike faith says, God, this is yours. How do you want me to invest it? I could have talked about prayer where childishness says, you know, I just pray for me and my own needs where childlike faith says, God, who do you want me to pray for? And what is it that you want me to pray for? I could have talked about our time, right? Where childishness, childish faith, you know, basically says I'm going to take my time and use the best of it for me instead of childlike faith, which says, God, you're the keeper of my time. And how do you want me to use it today to bless your kingdom? And I could have gone on and on. I could have talked about worship services, how childish faith says it's all about me and I want it my way versus childlike faith says that a worship service is for the unsaved to come into the kingdom and to grow and I should be looking for others to bless and to grow up or I could go on and on about loving others and relationships that we have with each other and the list is long but in closing today my mom loves me like a son but she expects me to be a spiritually mature husband a spiritually mature father a spiritually mature pastor, and even a spiritually mature leader. And I find it very comfortable to say that I'm loved and I am a son and I've got a mom who really loves me. But that doesn't give me a license to be lazy or to be manipulative towards her or to even be self-absorbed and to suck all of her attention just for me. See, childlike faith, it starts by allowing God to be your father, but childlike faith doesn't mean that you get to act like a child. God wants his children to be mature and to grow up in the faith and to become all that he designed for you to be. That's why you're here today. Today might be Mother's Day, and we do honor you moms, but today there's one who even trumps you, and that is our father. And he wants us to come to him today like a child and say, first and foremost, God, help me to have a childlike faith. Help me the longer that I'm on this planet and the more mature that I grow, because God wants me to grow in maturity and spiritual maturity as well. But please know, spiritual maturity means that I, I become more and more dependent upon God. And so in this time where we move into worship, we move into this moment where we get to experience the presence of God together. Would you, would you go to God and say, God, I want you to be my father? Would you go to God today and lay down offenses? And lay down all the other things that you know, we've made about us which are just childish and you know, have childlike faith and say, God, you are the father. You tell me where to go and when to go, right? You tell me when to jump and I, and I jump. You tell me when to give, and I give. You tell me when to pray, and I pray. You tell me where to love, and I love. I'm becoming more and more dependent upon you, God. And can we just come to God with that attitude and just say, God, would you have your perfect will done in this heart of mine today? Can we do that together today? That's childlike faith. Let's let go of our childishness. Right? Let go of your childishness today. Give it up to God and say, God, create in me a childlike heart. Why don't you stand with me and let's pray. Lord, I come to you today and I start our prayer simply saying these words. You are my father. And in you I take great comfort. And in you I take refuge. 
In you, Lord, I, I lay down my resolve and I let you be in complete control. Lord, in you, I find a leader. In you, I find a Lord. In you, I find one who is perfect without, without, without any blemish. In you, I find one with perfect love. In you, I find one with perfect provision, perfect protection, and perfect in promise and in deed. So Lord, I run to you today. Lord, remove from me the childishness that's in me. Remove from me the things, God, that, that hinder me from being all that you want me to be. Lord, create in me a childlike faith. Never, never let me lose it. Childlike faith that stays in awe of his father. Lord, a childlike faith that recognizes I can't do this on my own and I need you. A childlike faith that recognizes that when I look around in a crowd and all of a sudden I realize I've drifted out of my own independence and you're not there, that I cry out your name, Father! And you show up again. A childlike faith that recognizes no matter how old I get, no matter how many failures I have, all my imperfections are laid out there. But Lord, you still love me as a son. You still love, you still love our moms as a daughter. Lord, that's precious and powerful and life-changing. Thank you for your love that's never-ending. For your love that transcends and goes beyond my failures. and meets me right where I'm at. So Lord, we're just going to begin our worship by lifting our hands to you. Congregation, I would just invite you with eyes closed. Lift your hands to God today. As a child lifts up their hands to a father. Lord, we're just going to say, I love you. I love you, God. As we worship you with hands raised, times without them raised, in our heart we're just saying, I love you, God. And I recognize my dependence upon you. I need you more today than ever before. In Jesus' name, amen.